Welcome to the Branding for Abundance podcast. My name is Dr. TK. I am a licensed clinical psychologist and success coach. My goal on this podcast is to simply teach you how to proclaim your victory in your relationships, academic and career endeavors, business, money, and your mindset. Learn some simple tools and techniques to brand your life for abundance and live your epic lifestyle. Welcome back to the Branding for Abundance podcast. This is Dr. TK, clinical psychologist and number one branding coach for therapists. So it is time, y'all. We are finally on the third part of the series, Motherhood at the End of Your 30s. And this episode is called In Divine Timing. So if you haven't, haven't had a chance to do so already, please go back and listen to episodes 78 and 79 in that order so that all of this divine timing talk can make sense and that If I reference something in this podcast, you don't have to try to guess to figure out what I'm talking about. All right. So the two podcasts before the third part um, all had a name as well. So part one was called Preparation. Part two was called Couch Business. And of course, right now, part three is called Divine Timing. So in today's episode, I really just want to run down the things that have happened from me being able to manifest my son to being able to truly understand the meaning of everything happens for a reason. Okay, so during that couch season that I referenced in part two and post C-section, I recognize that my business ownership mentality definitely was tested. If you really think about what it takes, of course, to not just have a child, but then have an unexpected procedure that kind of puts you down for a couple of weeks uh, mobility-wise. And then also other people around you may not be able to take off that much to help you out. So you got to figure something out with maybe different family members coming in to help you. That's more on a personal note. But then also on a mindset tip, um, that was during the time where I actually, before I had my son, I did decide to close my group practice because One, I was going out on leave a lot longer than anticipated. Um, I believe I was out of work almost a year. It was about maybe nine to 10 months total because if I went out in November, I didn't go back until Memorial Day weekend or June. So however many months that is, but it's definitely not the regular six week leave. Okay. And so I also had to redefine what I wanted my private practice to look like. So one of my biggest red flags in the beginning of this whole divine timing episode was that when I look back, remember when I talked about in part one, I believe, was it part one? No, part two. When I talked about being at that conference and that coach looked at me and said that I'm going to have an online business and I'm basically going to put myself first. Well, the way that things worked out, it's kind of like I did have a choice, but I felt like that was the right time for me to close my practice because it only made sense as far as like the group practice. And what I did, just if you are wondering, with the clinicians who were there, I had all licensed clinicians at that point, one of the students 
Um, one of them was a postdoc, but she was actually just waiting to take her second exam. And so what I did with two of them is they actually became my coaching clients and we busted out their business literally in 30 days, but they had been working under me for so long that they kind of knew half of the things that they needed to do in terms of what their roles and responsibilities were, but they didn't know how to do their own billing. They didn't know how to get on the panels for insurances themselves, um, but they knew how to do like a consultation call. They didn't necessarily know the strategy that I teach my coaching clients. So that's the part that we had to do coaching on so that they can see themselves as a business owner and not just part of someone else's business. Um, The postdoc, um, I linked her with you know, someone else. And then the other person just decided to go on their own. And so I really had to tap into what is it that I want for my future, for my personal life and my business. I recognize that I definitely had to create more routines for myself that was in, that was succinct with me being a mother. Okay. And then during that time as well, because I've been so transparent, I did breastfeed. And so for those moms who have either tried or have breastfed no matter how long, whether it's six months or a year, and if not longer, of course, it is a freaking job. And so being a wife, bonus mom, mom, um, woman, a college professor still, because I, I took that semester off that my son was born. But, and then of course I had the summer off, but then I had to prep during the summer for the fall. So even though I had time off, you don't get time off when you have a baby, you know? And so I had to create routines just so that I can stay on track. So that's why in my coaching programs, I'm really big on accountability. So I also learned that it's very important to really delegate out the things that are not within your lane of genius and, or just things you don't have time for or you don't want to make time for. So that's when I really started to up the ante as far as getting um, more help in my personal and my business life. So I really relied on my husband to make sure that he did, you know, the billing before the group practice kind of like you know, shut down. Um, even for my individual practice, believe it or not, I was still seeing about 10 of my individual therapy clients out of a caseload of maybe 20 before I went on maternity leave because half of them still wanted to see me online. So I actually saw them up until Valentine's Day. I think it was like February 13th or whatever that weekend was before that. That was the last session that I had with my clients. And then of course I went on maternity leave after that. So they didn't really have a long break from me, um, unlike my other clients and only one of my clients who transferred to another therapist, which was one of the therapists that I coached because she, they also had like offices within my office and sometimes they would sublet my office. One of the teenagers actually came back to my caseload because she had been with me for a long time. Um, also beyond delegating tasks, I had another why. So in the previous season, my why was me and then me and my marriage and having a good time and being a newlywed. But being a mother, uh, you know, biological mother, I'll say, because I'm a mom, you know, a bonus mom. But being a mom um, for the first time biologically felt different. And I recognized how strong my why was on a whole nother level. So I also gained another perspective about what does it mean to leave a legacy? What does it mean to get my stuff in order? Because I can say that I have my stuff in order, but hell, it was just me. You know, no one else had to take accountability for anything that I did wrong, whether it be with things around my home, finances, bills, it didn't matter. Nobody else was impacted but me. So, you know, I was good, but I didn't have to worry about anybody else's well-being if something were to happen to me. So I really had to get things literally in order. Okay. Now, during that time, I also still liked to live 
you know, on the fly. And so I remember my mom telling me when I told her about like the coaching program that I was in and I can't wait to have my son because then we're going to go to Florida and all this stuff. She was like, you can't be doing all that traveling. And I, man, if you would have saw the look that I gave my mom, I was like, Francis, like I'll call her her name. But when I joke on like podcasts and stuff, I'll call her by her first name and stuff. But I'm like, Francis, for real. And she was like, I'm serious. Like, it's going to be different when you have a child. I said, just like it was different when you shipped me to California when we lived in Portland. Like I lived in Portland until I was two. I was born out there and I was told in hell I saw pictures. My youngest uncle, which is the uncle that I'm closest to, we're about 11 years apart from each other. And actually now we live like right around a corner from each other. But But she told me that he would come apparently to Oregon to pick me up on a plane. This is why I like planes, y'all. So from six months old, I would come down multiple times to give her a break because she had me when she was 20, right? And I'm like, really? I can't travel with one son over 30? And I got a damn doctor degree and I own a home girl. Stop. Like we would laugh about it, but she was dead ass serious. And so I just didn't tell her what I was up to. And then once I started traveling, she was like, oh my God, how did he like it? And I was like, we about to fly everywhere since he free. And literally we flew everywhere that we could in the U.S. for free. He was on my lap. Yes, he was. So even first class, I don't care. But nevertheless, I still desire to live the lifestyle that I lived before. But I did slow down a little bit just because I wanted to spend time with my son and not only go to business ventures where I leave him with my husband or someone else, right? But he was with us a lot during that year when I was still in that coaching program. So to give you an idea of how it worked, um, especially if you're looking to invest in coaching and or, excuse me, um, you know, add on to your family or just make changes and stuff is things can work out if you want them to. And so when I had my son, he was three to four months pregnant, no, not pregnant, um, March, April, May. He was only three months old. And my husband had knew that I had already missed the LA tour because it was literally a week after I had him. So I couldn't go anywhere. I missed the New York tour, which didn't have a mastermind, but hell, I still wanted to go. And I literally looked up a ticket, found a ticket, but I said, uh, nah, I'm good. I don't want to go. I literally was going to fly out and come right back. But I said, you know, maybe I, me and my husband agreed, maybe I'll wait until May because they were going to Atlanta. And I'm really glad that I waited until that time because the wins that I shared as my testimony from that stage to be able to share your testimony, um, per request from my coach, but also just putting that honestly on my goals list to be able to share with people what I did when I was on bed rest was pretty phenomenal because that's when I recognize when you say your accomplishments like down a list it's like oh my gosh and this is why like in the dope therapist academy the clients are supposed to share with me their wins throughout the week in our online community and with their own accountability groups but they're so also supposed to share their wins when we get on those coaching calls so we may not be able to go through everybody but I'm like you know share with me one or two wins because other people need to hear that motivation because maybe they feel like their win was not as big until they hear yours and they're like oh my god I had the same thing or oh my god they realized that the hell they had more than what that person said and so never minimize the wins that you had and again it wasn't until I went to Atlanta um for that conference and I just did like a literally 48 hour trip and came back home and stuff like that to my son my husband you know was working from home at that time so it all worked out And then after that, like he was just flying with us everywhere. So my whole perspective changed. I continued to want a luxurious lifestyle. And at the end of the day, I loved what I did for work. And so it didn't feel like I even went back to work just because it was just 
fun, like being a therapist, you know, Um, but I continue to do coaching behind the scenes. But then that's when I recognize too, in that season of my business, that if I'm truly focused on leaving a legacy to my son, hell, I can't leave him therapy, but I can leave him a business or I can allow a business to create a lifestyle that I desire to be able to take care of me, him and any other child that I have after him. And so I was doing coaching with clients one-on-one at that time. I wasn't promoting it, but as I started to talk out my desire to do more coaching with mental health therapists. And honestly, and I'll probably do a whole other podcast episode on this. I was battling with, do I only want it to be niched down to mental health therapists? Because a lot of the interest that I was receiving initially when I was talking about branding and marketing and kind of capturing the moment when I would go to all these conferences and people would see all of the hours that I put in to learn the things that I learned in the business. They were like, you know, can you coach me? Can you teach me? And I did have non therapist coaching clients like a lot of them you know but then I recognized that I became just way more excited when I saw people in my own career field win because you can tell that they had not been exposed to any of this shit that I learned and what I learned to be frank it was not easy to translate everything they taught me in branding and marketing terminology and investing you know large sums of money to grow my business I had to translate all that information into APA ethical guideline business type stuff that's not easy which is why I believe it also took me a little bit longer to implement everything I learned in those coaching programs simply because a lot of the things they were telling me to do do, we couldn't do it. I can't just get up and do testimonials, you know, with therapy clients that are still my clients, but they didn't understand that because they're not a therapist. So I continue coaching one-on-one clients. And then once I niche down and said, you know what? I'm going to take a leap of faith. I'm going to go hard. I'm going to continue to invest. Um, I'm going to continue to live life. I was surprising my family with first class tickets, you know, to Walt Disney World. Check that out in episode number 58. Um, I started getting speaking engagements. I started promoting my book more. But at the end of the day, I started to see my business grow once I honed in on my gift. So just to give you an idea, and I'll again do another podcast episode on probably this as well, is income. When I first started, it was like here and there making a thousand bucks, right? Just on the coaching side, not therapy. Therapy was stable, but on the extra streams of income related to coaching services, it was maybe a thousand dollars here or two thousand dollars. So if we can put it in summary, I went from one thousand to five thousand to $10,000, you know, a month. And I'm talking about monthly income. Then I went to $20,000. And what I want you to recognize is that my money was jumping when I became more and more clear of who my ideal client was for my business. I no longer serve the generalist. Okay. Now someone can call me today and say, Hey, I want to do one-on-one coaching with you as it relates to maybe developing a program. And it has something to do with serving the community, just like mental health therapists that I will coach people on -on one-on-one, but I have to have openings and they have to do it. You know, usually word of mouth. I don't, I don't promote stuff like that, but literally when I honed in, um, March of 2000, March, uh, July of 2020, I had my first 51K month. I'm just going to say 50K month. That to me was unheard of being a therapist. You know, I ain't been on an Oprah Winfrey show. I ain't been on Dr. Phil. I haven't been on the doctors. I haven't been on television, but yet I'm walking in alignment with my gift. I'm giving back to my community. I'm giving them everything that I've invested at a higher level to them for, I believe, a very good investment for their private practice to be profitable 
And my business took a serious quantum leap from 20,000 to 51,000. That's crazy. And the reason why I'm sharing this with you as a mental health provider is that I need you to understand how important getting clear on who your ideal client is, what your gift is in mental health, and getting your business systems together. Because that $51,000 a month would not be possible if I would not have gotten together my private practice, understood branding and marketing, practiced it in my private practice, because I'm telling you, this is what I tell my clients all the time. If you get straight with your first lowest hanging fruit, which is your private practice or being a therapist, and you get your systems together and you make them work with the Dope Therapist Academy and all the tools and shortcuts that I'll share with you in the program, if you decide to join us, All you have to do is duplicate the damn system. Everything that I'm doing in coaching, aside from maybe some things that, of course, I invested in more coaching programs to learn how to up-level my online courses or up-level my um, membership sites and my content. But outside of that, with more going with the times with how hell social media changing all the time, outside of more like kind of like a CE course, but for branding, outside of those It all started with my private practice, okay? So in summary, putting all these things together, I believe that this was divine timing because everything happened in order the way it was supposed to happen. If my business would have boomed before I had a child, I wonder if God would have allowed me to have a child back then or would he have wanted me to enjoy the fruits of my labor and then have a child? You feel me? And so he thought that during that season, that was the perfect time and everything worked out for the good, but it didn't work out to the good for the good until I started putting myself first. I started focusing on building my brand. I started marketing my private practice, then teaching that to other therapists to do their own. Okay. So it's like paying it forward. And I know that as being a business coach and being a branding coach for therapists, my services are very unique. And this is how, because some people have asked, like, how are you different than so-and-so? First of all, so-and-so ain't no therapist. First of all, so-and-so don't know what it took to become a licensed professional in the United States. They don't know what it means to operate according to the APA ethical guidelines, right? General coaches don't know any of that. Am I saying that you can't go to a general coach to learn how to create digital products, write a book and all that stuff? Absolutely not. But when it comes down to specifically a private practice, there is one big thing outside of my expertise in branding and marketing that sets me aside. And that is I am still doing the damn work. The analogy I give my students um, in my program is, you know, we're all familiar with the DSM-5 and hell, they're making the six, you know, but I was trained on the DSM-4 and the DSM-4-TR. So bottom line is, would you prefer to have a college professor if we're on the DSM-5? Do you want a college professor in grad school still teaching you on the DSM-4 knowing damn well you got to take that test for the DSM-5? Or would you rather have a college professor who knows in and out the DSM-5, they're going to get you prepped for the DSM-5, they're a licensed professional in the field still doing the work and making um, and utilizing the DSM-5? DSM-5, would you rather have them or somebody who's well on retired, no shade, but going full on to coaching? And if there are changes in the mental health field, who's to say that they know what they are? And to up my expertise, and I call it Branding Authority Resume in the Dope Therapist Academy, is I have been able to successfully become a APA accredited trainer. And I train on ethics. And guess what I train on social media, branding, and marketing, right? So, In summary, divine timing, 
from episode number one or series part number one, we started with allergy attacks. We, we went into then having an OBGYN referral. Then they making a referral to their surgery friend. Then the surgery done perfectly after two times. And in divine timing, my son was born after I joined a coaching program that actually set the tone for my business and wealth mindset to be prepared for my next level of order that God ordained me to live. So I believe wholeheartedly that he knew exactly, of course, because he wrote it, what was in store for me and my job was just to be obedient. So my question to you at the end of this three-part series is, are you obedient to the path that has already been written for you? Are you doing what you're supposed to do? If you're not part of my academy and you know doggone well after listening to hell 80,000 of my podcast episodes, if you know that I'm speaking to you, What is holding you up from joining my program? You scared? Check out my teaching style. If you haven't gotten it already in the podcast, go check out the free course I have in the show notes. Take the assessment in the free course. The the results from the test that you take with me in that training will tell you if my program is a good match for you. I don't have to tell you anything. But but what I will summarize and tell you in divine timing regarding, regarding this podcast episode is don't disappoint your God or your universe or your higher power with living a broke lifestyle with a poverty mindset. I'll say it again. Don't disappoint him because I believe in him. Don't disappoint him by living a broke and poverty mindset stricken lifestyle. That's out. I'm, I would say that's low key, but that's like high key disrespectful. There's nowhere in the big book that says that you're supposed to be walking around here broke telling people that you ain't got enough money for something and that you drowning in student loans. Get your butt out of student loans. Get paid. Walk in your divine gift in your lane, but it can be in addition to therapy, but it should start with a profitable private practice. So that's all I got to say. I'm going to get off my soapbox. I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. I know that these three series have been a little bit longer than my previous episodes, but when it comes down to me doing personal disclosures, um, I want to be transparent and share with you the full story because again, I want you to see also, as you can see in part three, why I do what I do. Look at all these obstacles I've overcome and yet here I am still speaking you know, positivity into your life and into your business. Okay. So I'm all about branding your lifestyle for abundance. So if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to share it with other mental health professionals. Again, check out the show notes, look at all the resources. If you want to learn more about the Dope Therapist Academy, there are resources down there for you to either take a direct quiz and then I have recommendations and, or you can just go straight and take the live free training course, do an assessment on your private practice. Even if you don't have one yet, it will still allow you to see what it takes to have a profitable practice, not just a rinky dinky, I'm gonna get up today and own a private practice, an open one, right? And then your results will tell you what your next move should be. So I will see you in the next podcast episode. Make sure you subscribe and I will see you later. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast episode today. I am super excited to see your growth in your business, career, money, and relationships. Be sure to check me out on Instagram at Dr. TK Psych, where you can find daily inspiration and tips to live your abundant lifestyle. 